0: Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and Pastover loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available ranging from 30 minute readings to 60 minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com Enjoy the episode Okay, Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show and I'm joined today by Michelle Mary Sophia Lee. She is the co-founder with her daughter Megan Camille of the Sophia Mystery School for Extraordinary People. That actually makes me feel emotional and goosebumps all at one time. She's a women's empowerment mentor and recently learned during an ayahuasca journey that she carries the Mary Sophia Codex. She started on her soul's path of empowering women by helping them to reclaim their power in the birthing process over 27 years ago. Michelle is a mystic, a psychic, and a direct conduit of Mary Sophia, mother of Jesus. She deeply understands that for humanity to thrive, women must first thrive. Michelle's sole purpose and mission is to transform the female experience on earth by helping women awaken to and embody their divinity value and soul's purpose girl her clients skyrocket their self worth and confidence which then manifests as financial freedom yes please purposeful meaningful and joyful living in all ways I accept women working with Michelle learn to accept access trust and follow their inner wisdom to create the life that feeds their soul and she's joining me today to talk about spirit guides ascended masters we're going to focus on mother mary mary sophia what's that all about how to reclaim and relearn to harness your power and using plants such as ayahuasca to fast track or is it a fast track on your spiritual journey so michelle thank you so much for being here i gotta say i'm
1: feeling the vibes (laughs) Thank you. It's my honor and pleasure to get to be here with you, Lauren. Thank you. So you've had such an interesting
0: journey. What sort of kicked it all off? You know, have you always been intuitive? Have you always been a realized psychic? When did you know that, you know, there was something other than just this human world?
1: Uh, You know, my, even as a young girl, I was looking for answers. I was, you know, since, 10 years old, asking about religion and God and who's right and what's the real God. I was always looking for that. And um, I'm clear cognizant. You know, I can ask questions and answers drop in as in about fourth grade when I figured that out, when I had the first um sign that 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 was true I did shut it down quite a bit I'm definitely you know as a little girl did realize that I saw things things were obvious to me in people's patterns and their behaviors and I would call them out and they didn't much appreciate that (laughs) a little bit of a know-it-all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you know I could just see like their their behaviors and that they I would sense they're lying and you know they didn't they didn't like that I could see the things they were trying to hide behind masks so I definitely shut it down for a while and it really showed up again Um, after my third baby, and I really suffered from postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that's when like my intuition kicked in. And, and I thought to myself, this is not how childbirth should be, of course, now I don't believe in shoulds or anything. But I thought, there's a better way to experience having new babies, like, as women, we're literally the portal from spirit to form and experiencing all this pain and emotional trauma when i have this new baby i thought there must be a better way and that's you know that was back in 1996 right and i started looking for a way to support women in having a different experience and that's when i found hypnobirthing and my my process my sole purpose just kind of snowballed and evolved from there to now, you know, almost 30 years later, plant medicine and sacred sacraments to really speed up the process. Well, I love that a lot.
0: Um, just before we kind of go into a little bit, because I want to talk to you a little bit about, yeah, how did you sort of overcome that trauma, like what is hypnobirthing, you know, just for people who may not be familiar with it, I do want to go back to clear cognizance for a second. Uh, I think that our listener at home may be already familiar, but I just wanted to let them know that that's like a clear knowing. So it's essentially when information drops in and you just know it's truth. Uh, Do you find that clear cognizance sort of kicks off some of your other abilities or you know, because I've heard before that, you know, sometimes you can have clear cognizance and then open your clear audience, which is clear hearing or your clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. So for you, how does it sort of work? And when did you realize that you were clear cognizant? Because I find that it's a really interesting um, ability because a lot of people feel the need to justify the information that they get, right? When sometimes it's just this inner knowing where you go, "I don't want to go there. I don't know why it's just not right for me or I know that's truth. I don't know why it's just
1: truth. So can you um talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a it's a psychic ability that can really be hidden, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't I don't know. There's not a lot of bells and whistles, you know. In the fourth grade, I remember, playing with some friends, and we were talking about policemen, and, and I said, I wonder why they're cops, and why we call them cops, and the answer dropped in, and I just said it, I said oh we call them cops because their badges were made of copper and and all of that and then within that week in class in school we actually learned about the origins of that and that was my first experience going oh i already knew that and so i think it was um it probably kicked off some of my other other being able to have visuals but I'm not a super visual person. I'm not a super clear audience person when I work with clients. it's it drops in. It just drops in and comes out of my mouth. Occasionally, I'll have visions for my clients and which will lead me to helping them heal, um heal something. Um, but it comes to me as ideas. And most recently, you know people have asked me because I built my business as a single mom with three kids and they would ask me how did you do that and my answer was always I couldn't not do it I was compelled and that's how my intuition really works is like I am compelled to do something and it's as if that I can't do it I can't not do it it'll bug me and bug me and bug me until I take the step so um claircognizance has been like the leader for me I think it can definitely lead to other other um psychic abilities But for me, it hasn't been necessary.
0: I was going to say it's almost not necessary when you just get the information and and know things. When you were talking, I was thinking about, I can't remember where I learned this. If it was Bob, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to name drop because I don't think it'll be accurate. But One of the things that I remember learning about was why aren't we taught this stuff in school where you can go in and do a test and just open up your psychic senses and just have all the information drop in? You know, I kind of feel like, you know, and off the top, I said that we we were going to talk about relearning. You know, sometimes I think about the past lives that I've lived or, you know, all of the ready information that's there in the ether, you know, waiting for us to tap into, but we're just not really kind of, um, I guess, maybe encourage or trained to be able to open up to that. So with your clear cognizance, would you be able to, let's say, go and write a, write a test on something, on a subject that you're not familiar with? Does it work in that level as well? Like in a practical level? Could you go and play piano if you had never played before? Or would, would there
1: be a challenge maybe with the muscle memory? Well, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Um, I think, absolutely, right? So I, I think you definitely could if it mattered to you enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in playing the piano. What I'm interested is what I'm interested in is um bringing in um past life experiences around Um, magic and around spiritual activations and i really trust myself in that like you can hear people getting um it you know going through going through education and experiences of being um what, what activated as a priestess or something and that's where i really feel like oh i'm bringing that in from Another lifetime. I've been a a priestess, a shaman. I've been all of these things. And so when I see something or, or listen to a training or something, it triggers something and then I can fall directly into it. It's a matter of self-trust, a matter of self-trust. And that's, what's the most important. I feel like the listener and myself are, are both going,
0: I want that. So, you know, how do you sort of access that? Is that part of the training that you do? Is that kind of almost in the same vein as the hypnobirthing, where you kind of like go into a different state of mind and um, you're just sort of open to the information? Is a lot about that, about intention. And then after that, I'd love to talk about the subject of
1: magic, but I'll lead
0: us there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it is about intention and declaration and um, really being willing to let go of of outside approval mm-hmm. right really letting go of that to to trust yourself for me if i sit down in meditation to download information i won't get anything oh <laughs> i won't get anything right it's really about setting the intention or making the declaration and then just following where it leads to me like i said i will be compelled to do something and listening to my body today is a great example i was meant to call a friend and connect and chat and what was really coming up in my body is i didn't want to i wanted to attend this other thing And it was like, I was shitting myself, like I should make this call and, oh, what's she going to think? I'm going to disappoint her. And, and, but in my body, it just felt wrong. And so I did, I did reschedule and did the thing I really wanted to do. And I could feel the expansion. So it's kind of like making the declaration of how I want to feel, what I want to know, what I want to create. And then letting it go and following how my body feels. That's so
0: good. So is that about manifestation? And you know, there's different schools of thought on manifestation, right? As though you talk about it as though the things already here. The way that I've sort of understood that you're putting out there is you're going, I declare X, Y, Z, and now I'm gonna release and I'm going to allow, you know, the being the the powers at will, let's say. And co-create with them to to bring that
1: about exactly exactly it's just putting it there because everything is in the ethers right everything yeah. we desire to know everything we desire to experience it's swimming around it's in the potential of the energy within us around us so it's making the declaration i prefer the word declaration over intention because intention feels so passive like well i intend this but if it doesn't happen that's fine (laughs) and it's it's like a funny cosmic joke around intentions and declarations because you want to make the declaration and not be attached to how it comes, right? And yeah. like this is something we talk about doing sacred sacraments or plant medicine is have your intentions, make your declarations, and then let it go, right? Yeah. Let it go. And right. my experience is, is if I make a declaration for um, say, say, okay, this week I want to bring in $10,000 with ease and grace and joy and love. And yes, uh, right. Yes. 10 grand. Let's, let's do it. Let's right. Do it. I'm open. And, um, like I have a blow up in my marriage and I go, ah, that's, you know, I intended money and now I'm distracted by this marital problem that we're having. That blow up in the marriage is to reveal what needs to be healed to become a resonant match with my intention. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a lot about, okay.
0: All right. So I want to break it down a little bit. So let's just say you intend to attract $10,000 and you put it out there to the universe. You declare it. Sorry, not intend. You declare it. And I like that a lot because that's you taking ownership a little mm-hmm. bit more, which you know I'm definitely going to bring in declare versus intention moving forward. So you declare to move that. And then you kind of have to forget about it. And then these things happen in your life, which are saying, hey, you have these unhealed wounds that need to be resolved in order for you to be almost a vehicle to receive or almost in alignment of being able to receive. Yes. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you see people having? And one of the things that you know I, I see in a lot of people that I talk to and work with and even in myself, I guess, is about feeling good enough, or feeling worthy of receiving or or trusting the process, you know, you kind of talked about letting things go. I know for me, sometimes I, I need to like, remember to relax and just chill out. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the patterns that you see a lot of people have? And, and how do you kind of assist them? Or how would you recommend that they sort of get started with helping to heal that so that they
1: can have this abundant life? Mm hmm. The worthiness is a is a big one, right? Like I somehow have to justify living in abundance. And we hear this all the time. People say, it's not like I don't need a lot. We're not here just to fulfill our needs, right? Yeah. We're here to live abundantly. So it's not about need. It's about joy and expansion and freedom. And um, it has nothing to do with worthiness. And so really uncovering, Like, what does it mean? I mean, when we talk about worthiness, it goes so deep, right? It goes so deep of, well, if I have, then I'm robbing somebody else. This whole lack and limitation program that is in the matrix. It's why we came here to play. I mean, if we didn't want to experience lack and limitation, we would have stayed one with the divine where there was no lack and no limitation. So one, it's really understanding that, oh, There's a part of me that is really loving this experience of lack and limitation, you know, and that's the shadow work of it is going, part of me really loves being powerless. Part of me loves feeling restricted because maybe then I don't have to make big decisions or, uh, I don't don't have have to to own my responsibility within that either. Right. Sorry to cut you off. Exactly. Exactly. So it's diving deep in all of those. We're so multifaceted as human beings, right? And it's understanding one, there's a part of me that absolutely loves this restriction and embracing that aspect. And there's a part of me that actually loves feeling worthless. Like, oh no, I can't have the money. Let them have it. I don't deserve that. There's that is a sensational feeling like that brings up so much sensation in the body that, you you know, it's like I was talking with my daughter, you know, we do the Sophia mystery school together and we have these conversations on the daily, right? Like, oh my God, like having this roller coaster in my it, does, it feels just as sensational being feeling powerless and unworthy as it is having the wealth. It's, it is literally an emotional roller coaster and we get on roller coasters or we ha- do things that are scary. We watch those scary movies or because it's fun to feel the fear. And it's no different when we're when we're experiencing lack and limitation or we're experiencing being worthless. There's a part of us that that our soul part of us that came here to experience that. So embracing that. Um, and knowing that one of one of the medicine um messages that I received recently on a journey was. You know, I asked the question, the very human question of how do I make forty two thousand dollars this month again? I did it the last two months. How do I do it again? and the and the 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 voice in medicine just laughed. <laughs> That's all you want. That's all you want. Oh, shit. and it showed, you know, I saw I, this was a vision I had i saw the dam breaking and the voice said you built the dam in the first place you built the dam in the first place so it's just releasing the dam it's going okay i'm willing to know and enjoy that aspect of me that loves the limitation that loves feeling worthless and then we actually unify our unconscious with our conscious right because it's an unconscious desire to want to experience lack and limitation. We almost feel ashamed, right? Like, especially with like, the spiritual community or what we've been taught spiritually is, well, if you felt worthy, you would have it. If you were good, if you were a good spiritual person, and you were aligning with a love and light, you would have it. And that just kind of builds on the shame that we can feel within yeah,
0: it does because you're like okay there's something about me that's that's built the dam and that's keeping the dam strong it's my fault what and that's ego I guess coming into it but you know I keep getting the word in my head like martyrdom you know yeah. where we're like yeah. let me show you let me be the example of you know someone doing it real tough I mean yeah so how do we how do we combat that? You know, how do, how do you look at it and go, okay, I built the dam in the first place. So w- one of the words, I get that. One of the words that they're, that I'm hearing in my head is the word acceptance. It's like accepting that these are all the different facets of yourself. I mean, is that part of it or? Hey,
1: how about celebration? How about celebrating? L- like there's it, the piece that Fulfillment is more real than deprivation. So we're never actually being deprived, just fulfilling unconscious desires. So when you go, oh, this experience that I'm having, there's an aspect of me, an unconscious aspect of me that actually wants this experience, right? and then celebrating the fulfillment of that manifestation because we're always manifesting we're never not manifesting what we want it if it appears we're not manifesting what we want we're just manifesting our unconscious desires so it's making that conscious and celebrating oh look at this i manifested lack and limitation and actually feeling the the emotions that come up around that and celebrating it instead of trying to suppress them. I know that was a lot. That I feel like my brain's
0: exploding a little bit, um, which is good because I feel that, you know, this is really apropos for me at the moment. So I need to kind of just break this down in a little bit. So, okay. I I believe we come to earth and we are here to experience, you know, challenges we're here to experience light and shade we're here to you know basically experience life okay you know for the creator that's a big part of it i mean i'm still figuring a lot of this out let's be fair but i think it's all about experience so when you are in joy and light all the time you wouldn't understand what it's like to be in joy and light all the time because you wouldn't have anything to compare it to you wouldn't have that maybe the the challenges or the um feeling sad to understand that there are these other emotions. So when you're talking about celebrating our unconscious desire or celebrating like the challenges, maybe the shadow self that we have within, you know, let's say I come to earth because I, well, I've come to earth for sure to work on self-love and I think a lot about trusting the process and trusting God. I think those are my kind of my big challenges that I've recognized for myself so by me seeing that within myself, I can almost celebrate the fact that I become aware enough to see my patterns and to understand when I may be acting in that way, or um, maybe where that's showing up for me. And then is it in this celebration of that, that we can turn it around? Because even if there's a part of us, you know, the pain body as Eckhart Tolle talks about, or people have different, you know, I'm sure you have your own version of it. I don't want to actually experience. I don't want to like that. I don't want to like the, you know, the, the hard stuff. So can you just talk to me? Did I kind of work that out in the way that that's the way that you think too? Or do you think
1: sort of differently? Or did, did well, that make sense? Tell me why you don't want to like that stuff. Okay. Uh,
0: because I feel like it's limiting my ability to be who I came here to be you know like mm-hmm. if for example if i'm um if i don't love myself enough or you know you know i love myself but i mean like i work on that so let's i just feel that that stops me sometimes from wanting to I, or from my ability i guess to be be a bigger change that i want okay. to see in the world yeah so i guess okay. i play small in
1: that way let's say okay yeah. so like let's use a strong word let's use self-hatred Okay. Yeah. Yep. So if you hate yourself, you'll never be able to be who you want to be in the world. Correct. Okay. Why is it important to you to be something different than a self-hating person? Because
0: uh, I think on some level, I know that I came here to do other things to help empower other people to be their best versions. So if I'm not, you know, being able to be my best version, then I feel like I'm not able to create as much of an impact or, or assist other people in their journey. And I don't know, I guess I don't like the feeling of. Yeah. I guess I often tell people there's nothing wrong with you. So maybe there's like nothing wrong with, with being that way, you know, thanks to yeah. this therapy session live on the show. Yeah. Wonderful.
1: Exactly. Right. Well, it, I mean, it demonstrates for, for your listeners right? Like this attachment we have to being a certain way. And when we have an attachment of being like, oh, I can't hate myself and be a force in the world, which isn't necessarily true, right? as long as you're resisting the self-hatred. And we all have that. And some people don't even like to hear me say it, but sometimes I can go into some major self-loathing, like, oh my God, who do I think I am? And, it, you know, and that was an impossible experience for us to have without coming, without falling down into the 3D. Like, so we didn't come here to live in full love and light. In fact, we find it quite boring. There's an unconscious desire for excitement. And the self-loathing is so sensational. It feels heavy. It feels, you know, and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to allow myself to be in this space instead of fearing it, right? And looking at this aspect of yourself that can deny the love that you are, that can deny the light that you are. And just be with that and actually celebrate that that is an opportunity that only you can have here. And when you face that, when you you unabashedly, courageously face that, that aspect of yourself becomes weaker and dissolves. Right, because you're no longer afraid of it, or
0: shamed by it, or guilty that you feel that way. That you're able to look at it and go, Yeah, you know what? Sometimes that's that's just the way that I am, or and there's nothing wrong with that
1: because that's what I'm learning. It's part of the human experience, and it's it's unifying all of yourself. You are becoming the whole person, and when you can face that darkness or face that shadow part of yourself and come out of it and be even lighter that makes you even lighter because you're liberated from that fear now and then oh sorry go ahead and then you can do more for your clients you can do more for the planet because you've gone to the darkness you're not fearful of the darkness you've alchemized the darkness by looking it in the face loving it celebrating that you get to feel this kind of darkness, which is why we came to the planet.
0: Yes. Well, How would you describe shadow self? Is is the shadow, you know, because really as humans, we put the weight on emotions, don't we? We put a weight and say, you know, fear is a bad emotion or guilt is a bad emotion or, you know, love is a good emotion and joy is a good emotion. I mean, is that how we define the shadow self based on the way that we've labeled these emotions. I mean, does the shadow self even really exist? If you just celebrate yourself as the, the being that you are here experiencing life. And I want to share with you this quote. I remember I learned it in high school. I can't remember who wrote it now, but I remember the quote was about how the object of life is to know that we exist, even though in pain. And it's like talking about you know, how, yeah, you never feel more alive than when you're
1: in pain or, right? Yes. So, you know. Yeah. Don't feel what you, I mean, discomfort brings us present, right? The discomfort brings us to the now and, but, but the shadow self to, to come back to your question of what is the shadow? The shadow is the unconscious. It's what we don't see right? Like our ego forms and our ego says, I am a loving person. I am light. I am joy. And, you know, we see somebody out in the world raging and we go, oh, I am not that. I am not that, you know, which is not true. We all have an inner rager. We all have, you know, an inner critic of other people. We all have an inner judge. We maybe have maybe even have an inner MMA fighter under the right conditions. Right. And are you willing to look at that? Are you that's what the shadow is. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and that is what happens is we turn and look at the shadow and go, okay, under in under the right circumstances, in the perfect storm, I could, I could beat someone up or I could kill someone to protect my children or protect my family, right? We all have that. And when we cannot awaken fully to the divinity that we are, if we're not willing to, Um, accept our shadow, love our shadow, even celebrate our shadow, because our shadow is as much of a gift as our light.
0: I think that's really beautiful. And I, you know, when I'm looking at when I, when I interview guests, you know, I like to share my own story sometimes only because I feel like it makes it tangible for the listener, but you know, I realize how, how hard I am on myself all the time. And, you know, is that, a non-acceptance of shadow or limitation. And so how would you turn people around? Like there are a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs that listen to this show who I know can connect with being hard on themselves and feeling like maybe they're not they're not making, like they're missing the mark on some level or something. So is that a big part about our inability to celebrate? And when we are hard on ourselves that we have to, do you turn that, like flip the script and say an affirmation? Do you do some kind of like fancy dance what do you do to kind of you know change that narrative up so you're not
1: sitting in that well um there's nothing wrong with a fancy dance anytime right so dancing it is a great idea (laughs) that truly shifts. i'm so hard on myself i'm gonna do a fancy dance that's right fancy dance but it was- being hard on ourselves and entrepreneurs, and I can totally relate to that because as an yeah. entrepreneur, we're always looking forward like, okay, now let's get to that next mark. Let's get to that next mark. Yeah. And rarely do we look behind and go, look how far we've come. Right. And that comes from a wounding right? Like I am not enough and I have to prove myself. And I I talk about the four core wounds that revealed themselves through my work with women over the years, um, which are shame, guilt, fear of abandonment, and fear of rejection. And so being hard on ourselves, is a combination of those. Like I am not enough. I will never be enough. And we keep striving forward and being really hard on ourselves is just a continuation of it's not even your voice a continuation of the voices in our heads of when we were growing up so turning that around is truly getting into deep deep gratitude for who you are and who you've become and all the hard things you did in that you did last week, last month, last year and the years before to become who you are today and celebrating that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because being hard on yourself, we we do this mind trick. Like I won't be motivated if I'm not hard on myself ah. and that's never worked. It's like, oh, that motivates me. Or if I feel, if I'm good enough, I won't move further forward. Right. But truly opening up to receive the abundance that we that is available for us right like taking that that dam down that we built is a hundred percent radical self-approval self approval radical self approval
0: that's so good man i'm getting a lot of feels from that you know i'm i'm feeling like shivers and you know I feel excited and I feel that you know you know having someone like you come on and and just remind us of all these things that we already know about ourselves that there's nothing wrong with us that why can't I just sit and go oh look at me feeling sorry for myself all right girl you know feel that and then let's move on right yeah
1: yeah Yeah. exactly knowing that when you're feeling sorry for yourself that's your inner child that little girl going oh and she's feeling sad And so being there for her and, and like your emotions are valid and I'm here for you and I'm just going to hold you right. And acknowledging those emotions so that then they pass, you're not pushing them down. You're validating, you're, you're reparenting yourself so that you, you get what you needed to evolve in the person, into the person that you are and beyond. That's so beautiful. I love how you said that. One of the words that you
0: brought up was alchemy and you also brought up the word magic. And I would love to talk to you about, and look at, I mean, for our people on the podcast, they can't hear it, but I have my little magic cup that I'm drinking my coffee out of. (laughs) And, you know, I want to talk to you about magic. You know, what, how do you define magic? And can you also explain the difference between
1: magic with a CK versus magic with a C? Yeah. Yeah. Magic with a C is illusion. So that's, those are the magicians we watch up on stage and they make things appear to disappear and to appear. So magic with a C is the illusion. Magic with a CK is the, the being the cause of energy shifting and changing, right? And so what I love about magic and what I love about ritual magic is that you are you are the embodiment you know it brings you to the knowledge that you are the embodiment of the divine that you are just one expression of the energy that creates this experience and as you declare i am shifting this experience i am the divine And this is my world and this is what I'm calling forward. And so it is a very powerful place to be. Yes, because, oh
0: my God, when uh, you were saying that, I could like see you in the middle of a circle and you were standing with your your hands outstretched and I could see you like controlling and bringing in the elements, you know, where you're going, I am owning this power, And it's like, I feel so much right now. But you know what? Yeah. Can you you feel that? Oh, my God. That's really powerful and strong. And, you know, one of the things like when you're talking is you're saying, you know what, I am co-creating with everything around me and I'm going to own that power and I'm not going to sit here and play small. And like for a lot of us, myself included, you know, we have a lot of wounds around this. You know, I had like, I've had past lives where, you know, I was burned and it's like that stuff is a real burden still now. And I think that's a big part about, you know, I, us stepping into our, our truth, remembering our power, you know, how did you kind of overcome that for yourself to be able to step into that power? Is this something that you still struggle with? And how can you encourage people to, to do that? Cause when you said that, that hit me so hard in my heart, I know it's to be, I know it to be true. And yet putting it into practice sometimes seems like it's, it's reserved for someone stronger, you know, mm,
1: it's not reserved for it. It's not, I know it's not, me, but right?
0: you know, it's you're not.
1: Like, and, and you know, I do um, uh, doing magical rituals is a big part of my life. And I start my day with it. I end my day with it. Right. I went to a new um, dentist. We live in a new area. I'm going to a dentist is very scary to me. I feel very vulnerable, right? I did, I did a ritual around it. And knowing that, oh, there I am one with every caregiver, right? And I did a whole ritual for him. I blessed his hands, you know, not there at the office, but before I went, right? Like, and totally declaring that Archangel Raphael, the, the healing angel was blessing him and working through him and connecting us at hearts. And so it's just a matter of picking it up. It It's, it's innate within us. It's about strengthening the aura. It's about truly um, uh, uh, remembering who we are and to go back to like the, the being burned at the stake and being, hung for our wisdom. We can yes, carry we that. But cry, if- honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So- and, but if we go back to why we incarnated on the planet, right, we came here to forget our power and we had to go to the extremes to forget our power and to actually fear our power. And in that being burned at the stake right, was such a a clarity. And like, we could have never had that experience without being in 3D form. So it's acknowledging that like a part of me wanted that experience, wanted to experience my demise for my power. So I could truly forget who I am. And that was another, that was a major message in medicine. Is that the greater we forget, the deeper our forgetfulness, the more glorious our remembrance. And and that is so true. It's like, you know, having those medicine experiences and feeling the expansion. Is so profound. And if we didn't have the forgetfulness, if we didn't have the the trauma of our past lives. And then we wouldn't have this glorious remembrance of like, wow, this is mind-blowing, right? It would just be a Thursday. It would just be, uh, what, what I don't know the, the statement. It's like, it would just be another Thursday in a row of Thursdays, you know, it's yeah. like same cable, right? It's so casual, it's like, oh, there I
0: go again, manifesting 42,000 plus, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> how boring
1: yeah
0: but I mean I mean the other part of me is like yeah but why would I ever want to go through that to have to have this great remembering that just seems crazy
1: at the same time don't you think um I'm not I can totally understand what you're saying yeah and I and I remember feeling that way and I don't you're like Lauren you just don't get it girl you don't (laughs) get it yet okay fine It's, it's sinking in it's sinking in right but it's letting go of the idea that that was wrong, that was bad. It should have never happened because not only were not only were we the witches burning at the stake, we were the ones lighting the fire. We lit the fire just as often as we were burning. makes sense. I mean, we haven't there's nothing we haven't been. There's nothing we haven't been. We've been on both sides of the coin. And so when you, when, here it is, all aspects of it is an act of love, okay? It's an act of love. Your soul went, you know what? I want to incarnate and I want to experience, I want to experience being burned alive. And, you you know, on the other side, there's like, oh, but I am the divine. I could never cause that much pain for somebody. Right. But, but then there, but then somebody like your good friend, your good spiritual friend on the soul level says, okay, Lauren, whatever your, your, your soul name is, you know what? I will do that for you. So you can have that experience. I will forget who I am. I will be so filled with fear, which is unnatural because we're divine beings created in divine love, light, truth, power, right? We are divinity. But I will forget who I am enough, and I will forget who you are to actually create this experience for you. So it's an act of love. Are you familiar with the book? Are you familiar with the book The Little Soul and the Sun? No, but I'll write it down because I read it. I lot. refer to this book often. It's by Neil Donald Walsh, right? Yeah. He's the one who did conversations with God. Yeah. It's a children's book. It's beautifully written, beautifully illustrated. And I I read it to all of my kids when they were young. And it's the little soul goes to God and says, God, I would love to experience forgiveness. I want to forgive. And God says, well, little soul, that's very noble of you, but there's nothing to forgive everyone's light and love. So this conversation keeps going back and forth and little soul says, but I want to learn forgiveness. I want to experience forgiveness. And finally, little soul's best friend comes up and says, little soul, I will do something that will require you to forgive me. I will forget who I am. I will forget that I am divine. I will forget that I am one with God. And I will do something so that you can have the opportunity to forgive. And that is what we're doing through all of our lifetimes. We are playing. We are consensually creating these experiences so that we can have all experiences. And when you can just kind of meditate on that, and allow that to overcome you and just like, saturate your body, suddenly there's nothing to judge anymore. There's no bad guy, there's no good guy, there's really not even um, beneath it all, there's no trauma. There's all of that is released. There's the darkness is as important as the light and you are liberated i mean period you are liberated mic drop (laughs) yeah
0: uh wow i feel like after this i'm gonna have to go and sit quietly for a while and just yeah it's so you know you're right and um you know we add those labels on there of good and bad when when it's like we've all signed up to help each other to experience these different things and so when we when we argue against what is or when we don't accept things you know and it doesn't mean you have to be like oh i'm happy about it but when we accept things as they are then we aren't suffering anymore right like you said then we can feel our emotions we can process them we can move forward and when we remember to to stand in our power and to you know, hold ourselves up strong. Um, I guess in a way we can start to not experiences those, those experiences quite as much. Do you think that's a big part of like those experiences are catalysts for us to find our own power? Cause I know, and I'm sure you can relate to this based on, you know, the way that we started the conversation when you have a challenge or situation, it encourages you to look deeper within.
1: Yes. And if
0: we, if we didn't have that, then I wouldn't, you know, if I didn't have something happen to me that made me, you know, read like many lives, many masters or, or, you know, talking to heaven or whatever, then I never would have been on this journey to begin with. So there's all of these gifts
1: along the way. It's all gifts. Absolutely. Yeah. All gifts. They're it's, they're all gifts. And even like you said, you know, so many experiences in my lifetime, if I didn't experience that, postpartum depression and um, traumatic birth experiences, I wouldn't have looked for something different, which then put me on my, my sole purpose immediately. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And then you could help other people. And if you hadn't gone through that, like I haven't had a child, so I can't relate, but you know, you can. And so you're able to assist other people who've gone through that. And I can assist other people in other, other areas. One of the things that, you know, came to mind when you were talking was that, How, you know, I I feel like, and I just had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, Simon Lee, and we were talking about the 3D, 4D, 5D. And I realized how, you know, the 3D is when we're all like, well, it's all about me. And then the 4D is all about we, and then the 5D is all about the oneness. And I guess I was just sort of thinking that, you know, while you were speaking, that we do have this tendency to feel as though we're alone, but we're actually not alone. We have spirit guides, we have angels, we have ascended masters, you know, we talked about God, um, on this in this conversation, how did you first start to connect with spirit guides, your angels, you talk about Raphael, you know, assisting you, Mother Mary, on that journey? and you know how important do you think it is to be able to navigate being here? Because it's one thing to understand all this stuff or to be working it out, you know, figuring it out and going through it. But when you're supported by, I feel unseen forces, you know, I feel like it makes it it makes it manageable. Yeah, <laughs> that's a can
1: of worms, right? I know,
0: I know, and like really ten minutes is. to go or something. Hopefully, I we can know. talk a little
1: longer, but yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, but really, our our spirit guide team—you know, lots of people like to know that they have spirit guides and they're being led, and that there's <laughs> angels and um like mother mary right like i love drawing an oracle card and getting a message from mother mary i was guided to rewrite the hail mary pro prayer through Mother Mary and really make it because she's a powerful being, you know, most pictures we see of her, she's very demure, her eyes are closed. And she's not that her eyes are open. And she is like, she is funny. She is powerful, right? Like, she, she was very aware that she got to bring the light into this planet. And she knew the hardships that that would incur. Bottom line, all of those aspects are us, are us. And we use those, we use, oh, I have a spirit guide team and I do Akashic record readings and I tell people about their spirit guides and positive and negative spirit guides and getting rid of the negative ones and all of those things. But the bottom line is they are a reflection of us And when you truly know your power and just like doing magic, you know, I call in the archangels, but what I'm doing is I'm, uh, I'm creating the archangels to work on my behalf. And it's, it's just a moment of pretending that there's an out there, out there. There is no out there, out there. Right. And so when we get to that, but that point and like, these are stepping stones of like, Oh, I'll use, I'll use cards to see what's coming up for me, um, which is a great way to use symbolism so our subconscious can speak to us. Or I'll rely on my guides and teachers and angels or I'll call on these archangels because we're diverting our power. We're like, oh, I'm not powerful, but I have these Uh, angels watching over me. But the truth is we create those beings. They are just, they are us and we are the power.
0: Right. So we've kind of, it's like, it's our power personified into a form that we can understand. And, you know, while you're talking, have you read Claire Stone's book, The Female Archangels?
1: No, I have not.
0: Oh, I I highly recommend. She's amazing. I'm like a super fan girl of hers. I talk about her stuff all the time. But one of the things that I was reading about in her book was she was talking about the higher self and Archangel Michael. And she's basically saying that, you know, we bring in Archangel Michael to cut our cords and everything. She goes, but what about bringing in your higher self to cut all your own cords? And that was the first time that I'd really heard it expressed in a way that went, wait a minute. Yeah. Why can't I just do this? And, um, I tried it for a while and then I actually been bringing Archangel Michael back in. So maybe I need, that's a like gentle reminder for me to remember that I can bring myself in as well, but it it really reinforces what, what
1: you're talking about. Mm, Yes, absolutely. We're sovereign beings. We're sovereign and we, you know, this awakening now, now, you know, 50 years ago fewer and fewer people knew this but yeah. we're awakening and all of the energy is shifting we're becoming more aware of our divinity our power and and reclaiming it right instead of being told you know you need to be afraid of this and afraid of that and you know this this god is your savior and and all of that and and reclaiming like oh i don't need a middleman I don't need a middleman. I am the divine. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when you when you know that, and when you like, for me, I I feel in a way it's like aspire to be that. But when you start acting like that, you become that. You know, I talk about that. I'm sure you do too. About you know, who do you want to be, and then acting like them now, and then you turn yourself into that, right? Which is alchemy, I suppose. And, you know, I love, I love how you're talking about that. So it's kind of like showing up now by doing these small steps is going to help you to step into that power. Is that
1: fair to say? Exactly. Exactly. It's embodying it even for a few moments every day. Yeah, Right. And it's going, oh, this aspect of me exists. Right. I, I remember years ago when I was divorcing and I was just starting my business and Um, It was like, okay, I get to be, um, I, I get to be that successful coach. I get to be that. And I would literally step into that successful coach. How would I feel knowing that my calendar is full? How would I feel knowing that I have regular payments coming in? What would I do? What would I do? Right? Even if I had no clients coming in, what would I do? And knowing that that aspect of myself already existed, that future self is already there. And so aligning with those emotions and those feelings and those actions then brings me together with that future self. Yeah. Do you
0: do that through ritual? Do you sit? And um, I know Abraham Hicks talks about, I can't remember the exact word right now, but they basically sit in their workroom or something, something along those lines where you sit and you imagine you're, you're going through that. I mean, how do you, do you have to be that intent? I was going to say intentional Intentional. about it. And (laughs) I wanted to change my mind. Do you have to declare it? Like (laughs) I was trying to think about my new, my new word on that. Um, yeah. So how do you kind of go about doing that? You know, and while you're talking here, I have a real desire to like stand in the middle of my room and go, I am ready. I'm here. I've arrived. It's I declare blah,
1: blah, blah. You know, is that that's, part of it? That's actually exactly what I would do. I would step stand up and step to the right, right? Like, okay, now I am stepping into the body of success. I am a successful coach. And I would literally physically step into it. So you're bringing the somatic system into it and feeling like, okay, this is who I am now. Beautiful.
0: And then as soon as you're kind of sitting there in that power, then you can like continue with your day because you've made that intention to shift into that I love that a lot. I love that a lot. So, one of the things just before, do you have a few more minutes to chat? I know Absolutely. we're at the hour. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. Thanks, Michelle. So, uh, one of the things that I did want to talk to you a little bit. I want to go back to the spirit guide thing for a minute just because or the mm-hmm. ascended master concept because so when you're talking about, you know, connecting with Mother Mary or Mary Sophia, do you kind of see that as a version of yourself personified or can you talk a little bit about your relationship with that or is it even worth going in did you kind of just have we you know kind of talked enough about that concept because there's a lot of different ascended masters and not everyone's going to connect with everyone exactly um, yeah so i guess i'm i'm just interested in how your I, connection with that and how you yeah what,
1: what yes. any of your thoughts yeah definitely um i have felt connected to the marys for a long time and i'll admit 20 years ago is like I, I want Mary Magdalene, I, I want she seemed to be cooler. But um, the truth was, is that Mother Mary is who I represent. It's who um, I've been a mother since, since a very young age. And um, I've been different kinds of mothers from stepmom to mothers to my my kids friends, they all wanted to call me mom, my clients client with me so it's like that unconditional love um that we all want from our mothers and that we all require to to feel and so when mother mary came to me in medicine she was very much like you, you know and she came to me it was she who came to me when with my intuition like childbirth should be different than this right that was very much her going absolutely you know childbirth gets to be orgasmic you know at the very least peaceful and calm and painless and so yes i do lean to her and i did the hail mary that i rewrote the hail mary and i feel like i just downloaded her and now she's just always there I don't um, I don't have to be that intentional or declarative about it anymore. <laughs> it's just like uh it's just the energy that she's there that um, yeah, I birth the world and and Mother Mary, it, you know, I say I it came to me, Mary Sophia, because the Sophia, the Sophia is the birther of the world. She is the divine mother and we kind of lost it we not kind of we lost her in religion right and so the Mary Sophia all of our ascended masters that are the feminine all of the goddesses carry the Sophia codex right it's like the divine feminine so I carried that in her name and I was and it was shared with me and I was like very nervous about it. It it's like own the name I'm like oh do I like put it on my social media do I share that it's like absolutely and that was part of the integration of downloading um the frequency of the divine mother so it's downloading the frequency and so yeah by all means whoever you're attracted to if you're attracted to particular ascended masters um archangels then just like totally work with them and bring them into your sphere call them in during your sleep time right like i'll you know put me in a a a bubble of archangel raphael and and i want to download the wisdom of archangel raphael right you can download any of that That is so good. You know, I'm not familiar with what you mean by the Sophia Codex. Can you talk a bit more about that? It's a frequency, simply a frequency of the divine feminine, right? And and divinity, I really see as genderless, you know, it's um, so... Um, the Sophia codex is the divine feminine. It's the energy of the feminine, the energy of being receptive, the energy of being visionary, right? All that we see the the life giving, right? Right? Like we envision and then we birth it. I hope that's good.
0: Yeah. And well, it's a frequency. I think I'll meditate on that and see what I can get as well for my own you know, journey, because, you know, we we do live in a real sort of male dominated society. And I feel like the divine feminine and feminine power is really coming to the forefront, though, now, uh, which is just so wonderful. And, and leaders like you, you know, are really assisting in that. But, you know, it seems to me that, you know, sometimes we think that maybe to be feminine, we can't also be uh, a creator, or we can't also be, you know, powerful, but really, we can, we can be everything within that that frequency or
1: that vibration, I guess. Yeah. The feminine is power. Yeah. Right? Like the power. I mean, it, it, you know, I use birth a lot because Well, I was going to say birth is a perfect right? example, right? I mean, we grow human life in our bodies. You know, we take the spiritual, just like I said, the non-physical, and through our bodies, it becomes physical. And then we birth a human from nothing, right? Like that's the divine feminine. And um, of course we have the masculine within us, that part where we take action, but we've been trained and programmed to think that action is the only way take action take action take action and yes we we must take action but it's inspired action and we and the quiet time and the receptive time to be still and receive is required as much as the action is required
0: yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't know if you follow Abraham's teachings, Esther Hicks, but I love their teachings, and they talk a lot about like putting out there and then stop doing all the time. <laughs> like allow things to just happen. You know, we don't have to always kind of control and and do stuff. We are at the end of our time together. Uh, we didn't get to talk as much about the plant kingdom as I was hoping to. So maybe we'll have to have a part two somewhere in the future. But if somebody was interested in exploring getting to know the plant kingdom as well because you've sort of talked a little bit about some of the incredible wisdom that you've garnered from working with plants how would you recommend that they sort of get get started you know are there some books that you recommend would it be working with you you know and do you find that connecting with the plant kingdom is the same as connecting with the elementals are they all one Any thoughts just on that before we kind of wrap here? Mm -hmm. I know
1: it's difficult subject to talk about in two minutes. Good luck. Right. right. (laughs) Well, you know, Mother Gaia has, has given us everything we need to fully awaken and remember who we are. And part of those are plant medicines. And yeah, if you're interested in learning more about plant medicines, you can reach out to me um, at Michelle at the Sophia mystery school. Uh, We are taking a group of people in July to Columbia for an ayahuasca awakening, uh, where you get to do four journeys uh, uh, with ayahuasca, grandmother ayahuasca, um, led by the mother-daughter shaman team there on their land, their property. They've been doing this for decades there. And um, also I do private medicine retreats. So one-on-one you can do your journeys and be supported. And I work privately with women who want to reconnect with their divinity and, and integrate their shadow to actually manifest what they consciously want (laughs) by integrating (laughs) that unconscious shadow and celebrating what she's been wanting. So reaching out to me at that, I think you have all of the links. Yes, I will. I'll put all that. And I know there's a free gift as
0: well in our show notes as well for you, um, which is the higher self wisdom prayer. So thank you so much in advance for that as well. Can I just quickly ask you what a ayahuasca journey is like? I've never gone on one myself. I have read about them. Um, Is it, you know, how long does it last? Is it, do you have to be, I mean, some people like I would be afraid of it, I guess but yeah yeah it's yeah it's scary
1: yeah
0: it's a (laughs) lot of throwing up is kind of what I think
1: yeah I know and it's funny because I remember you know I've sat with ayahuasca now nine times wow um, I remember like in the beginning being so afraid of the purging and you don't purge every time and it's it's Interesting, you know, how something that scares us, if we just do it a few times, we become much more comfortable with it. (laughs) Yeah. And so ayahuasca journeys last um typically between five and and seven hours. You know, it can be less than that. Um it's very, it's very healing. I just like um plant medicine ayahuasca is like 20, 30 years of therapy in and, and like just revealing the unconscious. That's where I really came face to face with my shadow, right? Mm-hmm. And got to understand the shadow and really make peace with it and do a lot of healing um, past life, this life, um, the grandmother, the intelligence of the medicine knows exactly what you need. And every journey is different. And when you, when we go to Columbia, you do four journeys, you do four consecutive journeys. And so it just goes deeper and deeper and, in healing and releasing from your body. Um, yeah, I highly recommend when we uh, take a group in July, family members are going. I I was the first one to take the leap with plant medicine and everybody was just kind of following. And now my daughter has been, my son-in-law has been, my my parents haven't done ayahuasca, but they've done other plant medicine. And so it's just been this ripple effect that has been so healing Mm -hmm. in our family as well. Oh, that's so cool. And I mean,
0: I love that, you know, microdosing is a thing. And I love that a lot of people are getting so much healing from mushrooms and, you know, working with with the cannabis plant. Like there, there's just so much that has sort of been under lock and key, but it's like been in our backyard. It's just crazy to me. But I mean, it's a whole other discussion. Right. Sounds to me like that's a real fast track though, if if somebody's really wanting to to get some shit over with,
1: I guess. Yeah. It is a super fast track, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? I'll put a link to all of your your um, contacts and everything like that in the show notes. I have absolutely loved talking to you, Michelle. It's really difficult to talk about these incredible subjects within a, a limited time frame. So, anything you feel clear cognizantly that you'd like to drop right now, I, I would like to um, you know invite you to uh, to take the the
1: space sure um i think my invitation is to download my free gift it's a declarative prayer i don't even like to use the word prayer but it was something that i had downloaded to me years ago and since doing plant medicine, it has evolved. And it's this declarative prayer that supports you in discernment, which is so important right now with lots of yes. misinformation, disinformation, yes. um, and to increase your psychic abilities. And it, you know, says things like, I see with the eyes of the divine, with perfect clarity, I see divine truth. And so we go through all of the senses of knowing divine truth, taking divine action and being a divine, um, impact on the people around you. So, um, increase all of your psychic abilities and your discernment. So, and it's beautifully printed. All you need to do is download it. We made it so pretty. You can sit it on your altar. You can put it next to your bed so that you recite this daily de- declaration as often as possible.
0: I love that. And that's just really reinforcing the entire conversation here, which is you stepping into your power and you deciding, you know what, I want to own my power. I want to own my future. I want to own my shadow and my light. And I want to be the version of myself that I know myself to be. And I think it starts with doing something exactly like that, right? With that, that taking that stance every day and going, I will own this day. This day will not own me. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, my sister. i just loved getting to know you and I look forward to maybe talking to you again in the near future on the show. I would love to. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.